0: Hello,
1: everybody! This is
0: Anime no. for Jerks. I'm Cass. And I'm Alex. Uh, and this month we are talking about The Tale of the Princess Kaguya, uh, directed by Isao Takahata and produced by Studio Ghibli or possibly Ghibli. Uh, Alex, did you like this film? I did! I liked it a lot, actually. What uh, about you? I thought it was very pretty and kind of boring. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I I I I definitely I enjoyed it. I was not super blown away by it.
2: Got it.
0: Um,
2: it looks so. like uh, it is is Ghibli because if you look at the romanized name of the studio, it's Kabushiki Geisha Satugio Jiburi. Yeah, so that settles that question. Uh, now that we've got the important things out of the way. Let's jump right into it.
0: Um, so yeah, so The Tale of the Princess Kaguya is- it's based on a Japanese folktale, uh, called The Tale of the Bamboo Cutter. Uh, and it is about a bamboo cutter who is cutting bamboo and discovers a small person inside of a bamboo stalk, which then turns into a baby who he decides to raise as his own with his wife. Um, which is- that's pretty- that's pretty standard folktale shit, It's just, just nonsense. <laughs> um, hold on, Can Check.
2: I didn't actually know it was based. I didn't actually read the Wikipedia until now, so I didn't realize it was based on a folktale.
0: Yes, yeah. um and I think it's it's pretty obvious that it's based on a folktale because it's, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's it's,
2: it's very yeah, folk, it's got that folksy taley.
0: Yeah, um, it's got that very sort of folktale logic to it, uh which makes it pretty easy to just sort of remember the plot and then recount it. So yeah, so they they start calling her princess because the tiny person that they find before she turns into a baby uh, look, is, like, dressed like a princess. And so they just, they decide that, like, they just sort of decide that this is what it means. Like, they're, uh, they're like, like their decision-making process in this, it's very, it's very folktale-esque, but it's also very much like when you're a child and you don't understand something about, like, the adult world. And so you just sort of think really hard about it, and then you decide, like, ah, oh, that must be what it is. That's, that's must be how it's about. Um... <laughs> you know cuz they're like oh well that must be that must be who she's destined to grow up to be you know yeah, well, obviously
2: there's a, there's a very like honestly like possessive or proprietary attitude that of by that both parents take towards the baby i mean uh yeah. the fa- the father is is more obvious and it becomes like a problem as as the as the movie goes on yeah. of of him claiming that what he's doing is for uh, the girl's happiness, but really it's just for his own material gain. Yeah. And, and he, whenever he says like "Heaven has sent you as a blessing," et cetera, et cetera, it just means <laughs> the 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 uh, upshot is that he up improves his social standing. Yeah, with because but he the finds mother as gold and a
0: bamboo shoot.
2: Right, we'll get to that. But the mother as well, like um, oh yeah,
0: yeah. Like, that was one of the first things that I wrote down was yeah. both of these people are such assholes. I hate both of them. <laughs> I, I hate he, the parents so much.
2: He he brings the the, the little tiny person home, and then um, the wife sees her. The first thing she does is try and take him from the bamboo, take her from the bamboo gutter, and then yeah. And then they, they... And
0: then he's like, I'm the one heaven has blessed.
2: Right, right, right. And then and then the baby squirms and wiggles and and they and almost slips out of her grasp and then starts crying. And then she's like, she wants me to raise her. And it's like, where the <laughs> yeah. fuck do you get that from?
0: Yeah, it's extremely just that sort of very, very child decision-making process of just like, well, I've, I think it's this, so it must be this.
2: Right. So, yeah. So, so...
0: Uh... Um, Yeah, like like, 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 even further, I was like, imagine if you found a tiny person in the woods and your first instinct was, Oh, don't mind if I do. I'll take this, I'll take this home with me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Exactly.
2: (laughs) And yeah, and as the story progresses, like the mother and father become like, like the mother is, is, is the more supportive one who is, who is less kind of, yeah, selfish. But It's, it's interesting that both of their characters begin with this sort of possessiveness over Kaguya. Yeah. Uh, And the, yeah, the very next thing I took notes on, you might have some, is, is, um, Takenoko, when the, when the local kids nickname her. Do you? Yes. Do you have anything else you want to say before that?
0: Not really.
2: So, okay. So, like, uh, yeah. So she's crawling around. So she, she kind of grows in like leaps and bounds. Yeah. Uh, so she's the tiny person in cupped in their hands. And then as soon as the woman takes her, she kind of balloons into like an infant size. And then she very quickly turns into a toddler. And then the, some, uh, some local kids are hanging out near the house and, and see her crawling around inside. And it's like, Oh, it's a baby. And then the baby comes out and, uh, falls off the porch and everyone's, Really afraid, but all of a sudden she's able to walk. So it's this kind of this kind of sudden sudden unnatural yeah. growth, and then because she's the apparent daughter of the bamboo cutter, they call her uh, little bamboo. Or well, they
0: start calling her little bamboo not just because of that, but they start calling her little bamboo because she grows really really fast like bamboo.
2: Oh right, right. Uh, and so they call her uh, Takenoko
0: And it's also more more uh, apropos than they think because she was found inside of a bamboo shoot.
2: Exactly, and I think that literally means like child of bamboo. Yeah, and then so, but then uh, the dad does not like that nickname, and so oh, yeah this, so begins this tug of war. Yeah, he shats
0: himself red, mad and nude, at trying him to... going
2: hime hime at her, and them going takairoko takairoko, and trying kind of like pulling her back and forth with their words to try and 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 this is a very kind of it's not that heavy handed, but it's a a metaphor for, for the central conflict of the movie, which is kind of uh, the father's kind of material aspirations for her to become a noble princess and elevate the family in the city and her kind of, I want to quote unquote true nature, which is part of the natural world. And, and, and the only time she's happy during the movie is when she's, A child like playing in the in the woods with with the other country kids, Uh, and Hime wins the tug of war. But uh, so she at first she wanders towards the kids who are saying takenoko. Then she turns around and when her dad is yelling Hime, but he but he kind of forces a conclusion by running out and picking her up. Yeah. Yeah. uh, You can you can you can figure out what that means
0: yeah it's it's pretty obviously just sort of like like what she wants or what like the like anything that happens or what she wants is completely irrelevant all that matters is what he wants which is more or less the way that most parents think about their children Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: yeah it's 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 um yeah he never he never quite
2: learns (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like
0: exactly yeah, no, how shit no. of a parent is. He done. remains a complete moron to the very end.
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. The other, the only thing that I wanted to mention that happened before that, looking at my notes is uh, the time to nipple in this film. It's very short. Um,
2: oh, oh, right. Yeah. The other, the other kind of miracle besides her growth is that uh, the mom is taking her to a neighbor um, to hire the neighbor as a wet nurse because the neighbor just had a child and then she kind of stops because <laughs> all of a sudden she realizes that she has milk, and then yeah, whoop, out yeah, comes it, out comes yeah. The
0: there is an s- astonishing amount of titty in this film when I considering the amount I expected was zero. <laughs> And it's completely, like, it makes sense in context. I have no objections to it. I was just surprised at how oh, yeah. short the time to nipple was when I expected like, the time to nipple to be infinite. I think an astonishing
2: amount of titty is going a bit far. I mean, like, the mother breastfeeds her in the
0: first, okay, like, f- in, for the in first, place like, There's not an astonishing amount of titty. There is a lot of ass in this movie. Well, just baby ass. Uh, but
2: yeah so then then the the wife of the bamboo cutter is able to nurse Kaguya,
0: but also I would say given what, given my expectations, any amount of titty <laughs> is an astonishing amount of titty. I was like, what fair, fair okay yeah.
2: so she so she wanders around um oh she well, she wanders off, so he, oh yeah, here's yeah, oh yeah, here's when he finds the gold yeah. so so he takes her out to his bamboo grove to, when he's cutting the bamboo, she being who she is just wanders off
0: uh and runs
2: into some piglets or yeah. I should say baby
0: boars. Yes, uh, she runs into 3 to 5 wild wild feral feral <laughs> hogs
2: within three to within within minutes yeah. of leaving her dad. Yeah. Within uh, 3 to 5 minutes she runs into and, 3 and there to are, 5 feral hogs. And, and there's and, and there's vastly more titty than assault rifle in this movie. Yeah. So take a, take from that what you will. Anyway, the, the, the little piglets love her because she's um, she's one of them. Well, not a piglet, but the mama boar is not so keen on this girl stealing the affection of her little piggy wiggies and charges. And then our, our boy, our lad, our main man, I'm drawing this out because I've forgotten his name temporarily. Who's our boy? Uh, Sutemaro.
0: Oh, uh, uh He he
2: sees the board charging, dives and, and hoists Kaguya out of the way, and, and and she begins to grow again. So she what, let's see what, what are the periods of her kind of growth? Uh, being picked up by her mom. Uh, I can think she grows again when her dad takes her back. Then when she meets tomorrow uh is the rest of her growth natural or does she have any other spurts?
0: uh when she jumps into the water nude oh I okay. think she grows there and I think she grows a few other times at, at least her hair
2: grows <laughs> yeah um so at the time when this time is meets her, she appears to be much younger than him She she still looks kind of like maybe yeah, four she's or like five yeah uh, and he's and he's probably twelve or so he's kind of the elder brother of the of the little of the weird gang who dubbed her uh, Little Bamboo, and so she she walks around with them, and they start singing a little song. And she, at first, she begins singing with them, but then the song takes on a life of its own, and a um, song that they don't know, but and she doesn't know how she knows. And the only bit of it I wrote down was trees, grass, flowers, teach me how to feel. If I hear that you pine for me, I will return to you. So, again, I got a bit of a bit um, yeah. heavy-handed... Uh, yeah, I mean, or, it's a folk tale. Not, not symbolism, but whatever the word is for foreshadowing. Metaphor, I guess. Metaphor foreshadowing, yeah. Foreshadowing is probably correct. Um, and... Meanwhile, while she's off um, discovering things about herself, Daddy-O is freaking the fuck out because she disappeared. Yeah. And so he returns to the place that he found her. Uh, And lo and behold, the bamboo's glowing again like it was when she first appeared. And because he's a fucker, uh, he chops down the glowing bamboo. And... Voila! There is it's gold. gold. It's full of fucking gold, and he's like, "Holy
0: fuck! I can build a sick castle with this. Shit. A
2: sick ass castle, and make her the princess that she was destined to be by heaven, sotto voce by my ambition." The second that he goes out again, and and the bamboo has the magical bamboo has, has regrown. He cuts it down again and. Beautiful clothing comes out.
0: Yeah, it's like a uh, when you open up one of those cans of snakes. Yeah, that's like actually, it's like says a can. Of, it's a can of peanut brittle or whatever. I don't know why anybody and, would open up a can of peanut brittle either.
2: And in his defense, like that, it's 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 an easy it's a <laughs> it's, it's an easy interpretation to be like, yeah. oh, this little girl came from the same source, came gold and fancy as clothes. <laughs> it, yeah it's it's not that much wishful thinking for him to make the leap that she's some sort of royalty
0: yeah no and in fairness if you find gold in a in a bamboo stock finders keepers man like if you put gold in a bamboo stock what are you doing with that <laughs> gold man <laughs> you're not using it you're putting it in bamboo stocks
2: exactly we redistribute, so... redistribute bamboo stock well and so he's got enough um, justification to haul Mom and Kaguya off to the city uh, without any kind of without, without any chance for her to say goodbye to her pals.
0: Yeah, they put in a ton of effort catching a pheasant, and they get up enough yeah! stuff, and they're gonna have they're gonna have cool pheasant stew. And then the, he, she she goes home, and her dad's like, "We're leaving now," and off they go. To the big city uh yeah so when she arrives there uh they have this huge ass mansion and she has a ton of like fancy cl- fancy clothes and she's stoked about it until she meets yeah. this other lady who is is has the responsibility of teaching her how to be a proper uh a proper japanese princess um
2: she's no fun
0: no ever. fun allowed uh and,
2: and yeah if, in a, my first like what i thought would happen when she would get to the palace and be like this i want to go home I'm, i miss my friends but of course she's a child like she's yeah. got she she got dropped in this like sweet ass house with all yeah. this room to run around of course she's going to be exciting and temporarily kind of forget
0: uh, yes. where
2: she left but then Especially yeah. when
0: her dad encourages her to get yourself a, a range of chobe uh, oh, oh, right a
2: change of robe yes uh yeah just yeah. Range I mean, <laughs> yeah, a change yeah. of robe i mean a change of robe yeah his his attempts to like act the noble are con- are generally you know I- yeah. insufficient and so yeah it's not until she realizes that she, uh she can't just run around uh toss all the all the fancy clothes around and roll around and have a have a ball and go swimming I know, like when she when she uh, finds her kind of wardrobe and all of the all the beautiful clothes, she throws them up and they kind of cascade down on her in exactly the same way that they cascaded down on the bamboo cutter uh, when he first found them. So, oh, oh, so that's they're not supposed to be worn stiflingly like a princess. They're supposed to be raining down on you like a rainbow. Uh, Oh, the dad's name is Miyatsuko. We don't learn that until like two-thirds of the way through. Yeah. But in case we get bored of calling him
0: the Bamboo Cutter. I'll never get bored of calling him the Bamboo Cutter. He's an asshole. Uh,
2: He doesn't deserve a name. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of deserving a name, she doesn't actually have a name until... Yeah, she's just called Princess uh, or until Little a third. Of, until a third of the way in.
0: Yeah, she's Which called again, Princess or I mean, her rap name, Little Bamboo.
2: Yeah, I mean, Little Bamboo <laughs> is is I mean, in a sense, is her her name. Like yeah, uh, like when when she, in the very end of the movie, like her old friends call her that, and they don't call her Kaguya. But she gets Kaguya because this old learned man who's hired by the nobles to provide. Uh, appropriately noble names to noble children. Yeah, comes
0: and and unfortunately she can't be called Little Bamboo anymore because she was born a thousand years too early for the invention of hip hop.
2: Damn, damn, it's true. Uh, sees her and I don't know. I don't know if slender has the same horny connotations in Japanese, um, but he said, "Oh, I call her." princess kaguya because she has a form as graceful as slender bamboo and a beauty that shines out from her um and the the beauty that shines out from her will will learn later is because of her association with the moon yes but the only let's see let's see so yeah she is pissed as hell from basically for the next like hour and a half because the the her noble tutor yeah, has has sucked all life um, out of her. Yeah, like and she has her, she has
0: her like uh, learn the koto, but you can't do anything fun with the koto. Right. Um You know, she has to do handwriting practice, and then it's like, oh, you've gotten really into handwriting. And I was just, I was crossing my fingers that it would zoom in and reveal that she's drawn a picture perfect dick butt. <laughs> just, you know, I'm I'm sorry that didn't happen. I mean, just hundreds so of perfect dick butts strewn across the floor. <laughs> Um, no, but she's drawing, like, instead of drawing, like, Japanese characters, she's drawing just a bunch of, just, like, animals and nature scenes and stuff.
2: Right, exactly. Yeah, it turns out when, when her tutor isn't, like, being a bitch, she can actually play the koto extremely well. Yeah. Um, like, when she, when she's allowed to do what she wants, she's, she's brilliant. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the, the tutor is complaining to the bamboo cutter, like, oh, oh, she always makes such a big fuss, but she can actually do things perfectly. Yeah. Uh, and oh. her, yeah, her her only kind of like ally in the household is the little this little tiny cat faced servant. Yes, who has big Maya
0: Fe energy.
2: Who is the coolest person in the world? She's the best. Uh, She's not sure part
0: of the movie yet. She's constantly her, making that cat face. Yeah, her face
2: that you make with the colon three when you're yeah. typing, and uh, all her like she just like kind of. Either talks in a kind of a incongruous voice, or makes little squeaky sounds. Yeah, and, and <laughs> the greatest scene of the entire film is when, uh, just before the naming the, the naming ceremony, the, when the tutor is like putting all the shit makeup on her and Kaguya's like I can't, I won't be able to do shit with all this shit on my face. I can't like laugh or cry <laughs> or sweat.
0: <laughs> Fuck. Shit, I won't be able to do shit with all this shit on my face. Fuck you, dad. This is a direct and
2: quote. The, the tutor is like a noble princess doesn't do any of those things and she's like but a noble princess isn't human and runs off knocks and knocks over cat face who just goes <laughs> and falls over completely stiff. It's just right Just with her, her mouth open like Pac-Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's the it's, it's it's yeah she's great she's awesome i don't think she has a name which is a crime
0: yeah she's she's catfaced girl
2: catface yeah
0: uh
2: and so there's a huge a huge a huge party to celebrate her naming uh and she's stuck in her little uh like cage almost where like yeah there's a, like a there's a veil she can see through and she's and so but no one so no one can look at her and she's just sitting there with with cat face bored out of her mind and all the old men are getting drunk for like three days until they get so drunk that they're like hey bamboo cutter let's see if she's as hot as you've you've been saying what if she's ugly what if she's ugly um
0: and that uh, Kaguya decides to run away in what is probably my favorite sequence of the movie. Yeah,
2: the the, the cinematography is gorgeous. The it, the style
0: of the, the style, yeah, it gets is, really is, like it's um, gorgeous.
2: But I mean, overall it's gorgeous. But then it gets very it's gets very like impressionistic and blurred.
0: Yeah, very hyper stylized. Like very like all of the frames are drawn very quickly, it looks like, or like very roughly, yeah. you know? Um, it just conveys the emotion really, really well. Uh, yeah, there's there's
2: one yeah there's one bit when she's she basically runs all the way from the capital back to uh, the town or the, the little village, and yeah. to kind of it, there's one bit that kind of it's a very short sequence, but there's one part where she's running th- through trees, and then uh, she kind of almost stumbles, and then it, it's almost the same sequence again. Uh, so it, it 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 does a really good job of kind of emphasizing like just the kind of mindless kind of not mindless, but
0: panicked really. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Kind of the, the And how she's just kind of like almost like stumbling, getting up, stumbling, getting up and, and just, just keeps running until she makes it back to the village, um, which we don't know how, how far away it is. Cause every other time they go back carriage. And the <gasps> first thing that happens when she gets back is that, animals instead of running to her like the wild boar babies did they flee from her
0: she's yes. been corrupted yes like and, and then eventually she makes it all the way back to the town and she finds that nobody's there and she sort of gets she sort of freaks out that the people who who still live in the area like but like none of her her friends or the people that she knew <laughs> were there uh, yeah
2: a new family is living in her house. Yeah. Um Maru and his family have gone because yeah. this old this old man, the charcoal man, says that they, they left because he says, use up all the trees and you kill the mountain. Leave its power and go away, and it revives. And so the woodcutter family has left apparently for 10 years uh, to let the trees uh, reclaim the mountain, which is... <laughs> which is interesting because like they had never been characterized at, with the kind of sort of rapacious kind of greed that the bamboo cutter has. Yeah. And yet, um, and yet they've left, which, which I didn't never quite understood.
0: Well, I think it's that they leave because they're not as greedy as the bamboo cutter, you know, because they, they can actually recognize it. Like maybe we should leave and come back later. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay,
2: and then yeah, so no one's there, um, and so she, she starts walking back towards the city, but it's begun to snow, and she collapses.
0: And then it just revealed that it was all a dream.
2: So this is something. This is something really. This is something that like, I've got an idea that I'm not sure if it's quite right. So she, so some of the little moon fairies surround her, and she kind of looks up from the snow where she's collapsed and says. I've seen this before and then she wakes up. Um, so there's it doesn't make that doesn't make any sense at all until later. Uh yeah. when she, when she realizes I'm going to jump I'm going to jump ahead yeah, like right. plot wise a bit when she realizes that she is kind of a a moon spirit who's been who was sent from the moon to live on earth for a period. And we're not sure exactly why moon spirits come down to earth but what happens is they live there for a while and then they return and they and when they return to the moon they put on the moon robe which erases all memory of their time on earth
0: but well because what happens the reason she comes down is because she breaks the rules on the moon to get exiled to earth and the reason she gets brought back is because she dem- she requests to be brought back because the emperor right. is terrifying her
2: right right but um she like when she's when she's kind of explaining this to her parents, she says that there was a woman on the moon who, despite having returned and worn the moon cloak, seemed to remember things from her time on earth. And she would sing, she would sing this song about earth. And my, my feeling is that like Kaguya has kind of lived the same life quite a few times Mm. Uh, because she says i've seen this before and then she wakes up as if as if that was kind of a previous like or or reminded her of a previous iteration of 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 her earth adventures and near the very end she meets satsumaru again and they appeared to kind of have a, a reunion But then it quickly quickly becomes kind of uh, dreamlike. And then it it turns out that Satomaru was dreaming. And so that that felt like another kind of, either like another version of her time on Earth or another kind of possible uh, way it might have gone. At the very, very end, um, she does return to the moon. We'll, We'll get to everything that happens there but uh her her like moon procession fades into the moon and then what appears on the moon is her as a baby which seems to imply to me that she's going to be reborn again on earth and basically try it all over again so i'm not sure if that's what was intended or, or if that if it's if it's that's a really like if that reading holds up but it, it had a very kind of eternal sunshine vibe to me i guess by the um, end of it
0: hmm yeah i read it much more bleakly because um, i definitely like i see where you're coming from especially with that line and i don't know how to how else to interpret the i feel like i've seen this before line uh except in that way i guess maybe because she says that when she sees the snow when she sees the moon fairies um, mm-hmm. And that would be um, an indication that oh, I recognize these things, and I don't understand where I recognize them so from. She, when she, she, when she
2: says I've seen this before, this might not be the the, snow, the yeah. snowy landscape. It might be the yeah. fairies. Yeah, that's
0: possible. Because um, I think that that makes more sense to me. Because I don't understand. Like I feel like if you're going to try to read it as being cyclical, that seems to not tie in thematically with anything else. Mm like it doesn't seem to have any sort of indication that like this has happened before and will happen again or that that's that's sort of like like that it's about this i mean i guess you could say that it's about this being doomed to happen in the sense that yeah. it's like it's about like because that's a thing that this movie is really interested in is the idea of of Kikuya having no agency like she right. has you know she ultimately she has no control over over anything that happens, and is just ultimately taken back to the moon at the end of the movie. And and like the idea that it will continue to happen over and over and over again, and that there's no way out. You know, it's very bleak, but is also, I think, relevant. Um, yeah, there is the there
2: is there is one line at the, at the end when um, the moon procession has come, and 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 uh, like her family is. Hoping she doesn't leave, uh, catface and like the local children, uh, come like come marching around the bend singing this little song that like kind of briefly wakes her up. And I didn't write down the entire thing, but one of the lines uh, of the song is "lifetimes come and go in turns." So it, mm. there's 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 there. A, f- a very few kind of
0: um uh, nods towards kind of a cyclical yeah i think yeah theme. i definitely i definitely picked up on that and i definitely picked up on because the message at the end of the movie it it seems to like for, to me it seems pretty bleak in terms of like oh there's no way out of this there's no way out of of the sort of cycles of of life and death and the cycles of like Patriarchal violence against women mm-hmm. uh, and 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 this sort of stuff and and but also when um, the idea that going to the moon is bad because on the moon everything is perfectly clean and fine and there's no emotions there's no anything on the moon it's just barren and there's nothing and there's no, you're never too happy and you're never sad because there's no grief on the moon because nobody dies in the moon. Right. Um, and the idea, and and the idea, and I hate this. I hate, I hate when the theme of something is is that uh, actually, yeah, think bad things are good because you need bad things in order to appreciate good things, which is the kind of thing that you can only say if you've never experienced anything bad in your entire life. Um, <laughs> right.
2: I mean, that's that's uh, an that's often like a uh a response to like the problem of
0: evil. It's like.
2: Yeah. Why does yeah. shit happen? It's so we can appreciate the good yeah.
0: things. I've always hated it because, like, if you, if you, I, and I, I direct this at our audience, uh, if you think that bad things in the world exist uh, or have to exist in order to allow us to appreciate good things, you do not fully <laughs> grasp how awful the world is. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't understand how, just how bad it can be out there. Uh, so maybe read a book. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, yeah, stay tuned to the very end for our anime is for jerks book recommendation. My book recommendation
0: for this episode has fucking nothing to do with that at all. Uh, <laughs> <but>. <laughs>
2: anyway, so yeah, we jumped ahead a bit. So, um, so yeah, Where so were she, we're wakes, she wakes she oh, wakes up yeah. from her she wakes up from her sort of her sort of vision or dream and returns to the uh, rock the debauchery in the palace where her her naming her naming ceremony is concluded and kind of sinks into just kind of apathy for a while because like stamaru is gone and she has no friends and yeah
0: then the suitors show up yes so five dudes show up she gets a million letters but really five dudes show up and they're all nobles who want to who want to marry her Uh, and they and all of them compare her to a sort of mythical treasure Um, like one guy compares her to this a jeweled branch from this like legendary mountain in Chinese and Japanese folklore with Um, silver
2: roots gold trunk and pearls for
0: fruit uh, another guy compares her to uh, to the the, coat made from fur made from the fur of the fire rat which is a a mythical creature Um, yeah
2: with all its impurities burned away
0: yeah there's a
2: another one says i'll worship you like the stone bowl of the buddha
0: yeah uh and then the third guy says something about a shell owned by a swallow
2: oh the That's cowrie like
0: shell the, the cowrie yeah. shell of the swallow uh and yeah, then yeah. the other guy says uh compares her to the the jewel worn uh, around the neck of a dragon yeah uh and then she's like all right uh and this is this is brilliant this is hilarious uh she's like all right you all think i'm like those things Bring me those things, and I'll marry you.
2: Right. Yeah, she, she, she says, like, you've all compared me to very rare treasures, uh, read Imaginary. If I can obtain one of them, I will happily become that gentleman's quote-unquote treasure.
0: And then, uh... Yeah, and then Dad gets red, mad, and nude at this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, because this comes right after a scene where she's talking to her, her teacher, like, her, her teacher who's been teaching her how to be a proper lady and she's just like i don't want to marry any of these assholes um,
2: right.
0: and and then the lady and this is sort of very revealing this sort of like noble lady is supposed to teach her uh bef- tries to convince her that she'll be happy when when she marries one of these men and that like oh happy like marrying a noble is the happiest that a girl can be in this land and then realizes that that's not going to work because it's clearly bullshit um and, and then it says do you wish to hurt your father right 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 Right. which is like that that reveals what it is actually all about right yeah so
2: like the the tutor and the father both say like do this and you'll like you'll be like you'll finally achieve your happiness you'll be happy forever uh and she she's right through that horseshit and and like she like she hasn't been happy in a long time um but yeah, when when the first of the kind of the, the fake treasures return, uh, she says like I assume that is what I am to these gentlemen, like namely a,
0: a, yes an illusion um, that could
2: be like, because yeah. So, so the
0: first guy comes back and he's the guy who said that he was going to go to to the mountain and um get the jeweled branch and he comes back with his jeweled branch and and um and Kaguya is like wait shit that doesn't exist how did he find it, um. And then it's it's revealed in the mo- that it's fake in the most amazing way, which is that he he not only did he fake it, he didn't even pay the people he hired to fake it, and they show up at Kaguya's doorstep demanding pay demanding payment, and just try to be like, hey, just want to let you know that thing's fake, and that guy didn't pay us for it, and it's hilarious. Yeah. Not only is he a liar, he's also an asshole. <laughs> And then the, the the other guy who who she has to bring her here her, the the rat skin cloak she brings it to her and she's like all right well if this is truly fire rat skin throw it in the fire it should be fine <laughs> and then yeah. and then it starts to glisten just yeah. a little bit and then it catches fire and explodes right so
2: this so that, so the, these guys took it took them three years to kind of yeah <laughs> make these fakes in the meantime. Um, like she tried going back to her hometown once to see the cherry blossoms. Yeah, uh, and so there's one. So at first she's like happy for the first time in however many years, and she's running under the cherry blossoms, and she's a little girl again. But then she accidentally bumps into a baby, um, possibly the baby of the of the family that she saw when she, in her dream who took over the the old house. Uh, but because now she's wearing, like the ladies' robes and everything, she has no more connection with, with these people. Yeah. And, and so the, the the mother and and her other and the son instantly bow and beg her forgiveness and and yeah. run off, and then that kills the mood pretty quick. And so she's yeah. uh, and so all of a sudden. She just wants to go back to the city because she, she doesn't belong anywhere anymore. Yeah. Uh, and on the way back, who does she happen to see in the streets? But Sutomaru, our lad, our boy. The good boy. Our, our main man. Who's, the only good boy. Who's stolen a chicken. With some, yeah. With some, with some other with some new bros. He's, God, he's is so city. cool. Uh, so presumably while well, the rest of the family is off doing their they woodcutter penance. Uh, he's he's building character in the city by stealing chickens. Uh, but she hears his compatriots next. like, hurry up, hurry up. And then she looks out of her, her carriage and, and cries out to him. And then he, he sees her and they're both just like, holy shit. Because it's been three years now. Uh, but then she, I think it is it that she's too ashamed for him to see her? Because she turns away first. Uh, yeah. Like, either she's just too overcome with emotion or she's actually ashamed of what she's become because she this is just after she uh, bumped into the baby and realized that she has no... She has no, like, right to be among, like, the the country people anymore. That she turns away... The 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 fash catch up to Sutomaru and beat the shit out of him, and he's left in the rain.
0: Yeah, yeah. The the scene where they beat the shit out of him because Kaguya basically allows him to get caught by staring at him for too long, <sighs> uh, is is real brutal. Yeah, it's it's rough. They really they really beat the crap out of that dude. Mm-hmm. So,
2: yeah. So then, yeah. That's so that's the first after that is the first time skip. Then the the suitors come with their fake fake treasures. Yes and then the one who gets closest to fooling her is um
0: the guy who the, was sent the, to to find the the bowl
2: the pretty bo- the pretty boy who said he would find buddha's uh prayer bowl uh, or what was it called the stone bowl of the buddha yeah so he yes. he comes yeah. back with this with this whole monologue prepared being like i tried i looked and looked and i could not find the bowl then on the side of the road in despair I saw this flower and I knew that this is what you wanted. This random object I found by the side of the road. <laughs> and he spins this he spins this tale about like let's go away to back into nature and possibly just by chance he nails on kind of what she wants the most, which is to leave the city and live like a simple life in the country. And it seems like he almost has her. Yeah. Uh, like she starts kind of crying when she's thinking about uh, that that actually is what she wants to do. And then something very funny happens.
0: Yeah. Uh, Which is that she decides to switch places with Catface girl. Is
2: I thought she I I thought she actually changed her appearance. How would that, I, that be
0: possible? I don't know, but... That's not a thing that that, people can do. That didn't...
2: That that didn't look like Catface Girl to me.
0: I assumed that it was Catface Girl, because who else would it be? Uh, But I honestly don't know. Let me double-check. I think
2: think you're right, but for (laughs) some reason, when I saw it, at first I was like, who is that? But then I thought, somehow she changed her appearance. uh, Because... I mean the face and the nose are, don't look like cat face.
0: Cuz uh, I don't think it dis- at this ca- point ca- she-
2: doesn't, doesn't cat face have bangs.
0: She does have bangs.
2: And this one doesn't. Uh, like the ha- the hair is the same. Everything about it is like Kaguya but just kind of kind of expanded and distended like she's trying to kind of make herself look like bizarre to scare him off.
0: Uh, I'm trying to find it oh yeah yeah it doesn't have bangs i have no idea who it is and then and then she or whoever whoever
2: has kind of tagged in for her uh says how many flowers have you plucked and thrown away leaving them to shave their heads in despair and become nuns which is great (laughs) yeah it's it's quite a line Um,
0: yeah it's it's killer
2: and then and then it, it kind of like over it overlays that with
0: with uh, her her
2: crying because he has kind of touched the quick of of what she really wants. yeah, no, because
0: she's it's it's not her because she's behind the screen i I thought that was just kind of like a weird
2: weird filmmaking where they're like showing that that's that's afterwards after he's left when she's sobbing over it. i th- that could be wrong. Um, that's possible. But that that, that was the, yeah, that was the nobody only house
0: in the room in the wide shot.
2: That was the only way I could interpret the the scene. Yeah, it's, I a, guess. It's, it's it's a very strange scene. It's
0: weird. I like it, but it's it's weird and I can't figure out I can't figure out what's supposed to be happening, what's supposed to be happening in this scene because she's yeah. sitting behind the screen and then he's like come with me to somewhere that's not here and then he goes up and pulls the screen down or he lifts the screen up and then she's sitting there really angry and then his hat falls off and then her mom is behind her. I have no idea what is going on in this scene. Yeah.
2: uh, Yeah. Unfortunately, our our viewers cannot, cannot see what we're talking about, but maybe we'll, maybe we'll post some uh, screenshots in the show notes. Uh, So, so then, yeah, then we get kind of a quick, a quick overview of the, um, the last two. So we had the, the guy making the fake gilded branch the yeah. guy who made the fake rat fur, Flower Boy.
0: And then uh, we had the guy who then, went off to get the dragon necklace, and he is too much of a coward because he gets caught on a boat in a storm. Yeah, and, and just up. kind of
2: wet wet's his pants, and the sailors are like, chill, dude, it's just a, it's just a storm. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one is the little little baby face, yeah. who said he would bring the cowrie egg, yeah. and he actually
0: dies. Yeah, he climbs up a tree, and he falls headfirst into a pot, and it's and hilarious breaks
2: his ba- and, break- and then it, it's 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 kind of very like slapstick at first then yeah then they're like he broke his back and died <laughs> yeah we're all, and and then we're all like holy shit uh and and Kaguya blames herself for all all of this. Yeah. that that um the death and all in the, the other the other suitors like blowing their fortunes which is who I mean she should feel bad about that that's no. hilarious but,
1: No, it's very the, funny
2: um, but then so she, she has been building this little garden in the back of the palace uh, and she's turned it essentially into a miniature version of her home Yeah, the, the, the bamboo cutters hut and the, the neighboring landmarks just as a and, and she would lie in the grass and pretend she was back and in one place where she would ever been happy but now she's so kind of guilt ridden she goes out and smashes the garden and says this garden is a fake And so am I. It's my fault that everyone is miserable because I'm fake.
0: Yeah, she goes full holding Caulfield.
2: (laughs) I'm a phony! Yeah, we're all phonies. And, of course, her dunking on all these these suitors only makes uh, men more horny for her. And so the Emperor himself is like, oh, oh, ho, ho. I will bring this this strange creature to my, to my palace as one of my, as one of my household. And then the, and then she's like, bamboo, tell him bam- to
0: eat my dick. Then bamboo cutter
2: gets a courtier's cap. And then, yeah. So, so dad comes every time like something happens, he goes like, praise be to heaven. Thanks be to heaven. Um, and he comes and says, at last the princess will be happy. <laughs> like, like, uh, like the yeah. like the tutor said back in the day, and uh, she's she's sitting in kind of the, the one unfurnished room where she and her mom go to like try and forget about everything and, and either like weave or or spin, and she's yes. sitting there, and he's like, "I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna get a courteous cap, and you're gonna be like the consort of the emperor." Yeah, and she's like, "If you're happiness." Depends on a courtier's cap, I will go to him. But when I see you wearing that cap, I will kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what? 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 <laughs> he just, he refuses to understand. Yeah. Even, even when she's that, like, yeah. explicit.
0: He's such an asshole. He is such a piece he, of shit. He's,
2: he's the worst. And so... um he goes.
0: And but of course, that's 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 part. That's the same with the men. And and the emperor. Uh, the emperor is a weird looking dude. He's a weird looking dude. Like, big ass. Yeah, he's chain, like he's like yeah. He's, look, he's, he's just dressed like yeah. Like he, he's dressed an all yellow, and his face is really pointy. Like he looks exactly precisely like a banana. He looks like a guy from Phoenix, right? <laughs> He does. He does look like a guy from Phoenix Wright. Like, like, like um, the villain,
2: like, like one of the villains from Phoenix Wright.
0: Yeah, like he's he's just a weird
2: looking dude. He's got his face is way too pointy. And then, so of course that gets even more horned up. Yeah, you know? and he's like, I and never so, a woman would
0: ever turn me down. Fascinating. I wish to meet her all the
2: more. And so he he goes he goes himself to the to to her her mansion. And the dad lets him in, and he, he spies on her, playing the koto. And he's like, holy shit, she's hot. And, and then, because he's the emperor and a huge piece of shit, uh, he sneaks up behind her and, and gr- embraces her. And he's like, uh, no woman
0: is unhappy when I do this.
2: <laughs> and that, that finally like triggers her moon power.
0: Yeah, and she disappears, and
2: and she and she's able to slip out of his grasp and disappear, uh, and then it, it takes like more than that to get him to leave because yeah, he's anyway. But eventually, she gets him to leave, but she realizes at that time that um, because when when he was like assaulting her, she involuntarily prayed to be yeah taken taken home which in effect means back to the moon and she only realized then she, she's from
0: uh, the moon
2: that she, yeah that her me- her me- memories finally came back to her and so she said yeah without realizing it i prayed to the moon to save me uh oh but yeah there's a great line before that that i didn't write down the um something along the lines of her dad saying, "Um, we've, like, we've only, we've only, like, tried to make you happy. Um, Even after she said, if you keep doing this, I will literally kill myself. Um, He still says, we've just tried to make you happy. But then she goes, the happiness you wish for me was very hard to bear. Um, And when the... Like the emperor grabbed me, um, it was it was like it was finally too much or something, and then she.
0: Uh, that's
2: when she made her prayer to the moon, to let Take her, her go. Back. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Um, so then, so yeah, so then she she goes the whole thing about how she's going back to the moon and there's nothing she can do about it, um, and her her dad. Uh, is like well, I'll I'll fight the moon then. <laughs> Fuck the moon. <laughs> I'll kick the moon's ass. Uh,
2: <laughs> and so, um, and that yeah, that, this is when she, this is when um, she tells them about yeah coming to the, going to the moon and the, and the the other woman who sang on the moon of Earth. And she says, "Now that I've now that I have to leave, I've remembered why I came down to this place." And why I've always known the song—the song she she sings, uh, kind of in refrain from the very beginning. I was born to truly live, like the bugs and the beasts. You you said earlier when we were discussing, um, kind of the different possible readings, and whether whether this is, whether whether she's has or will come multiple times to Earth. Um, you, you, what did you say the reason was for her coming in the first place?
0: Well, she she heard that woman on the moon who had been to Earth, and then she right. liked the idea of Earth, and so she broke the rules to get exiled to Earth. So,
2: what what are the rules?
0: I don't know. There are moon rules. We don't specify what rules she broke. We moon just... rules.
2: Okay. So so it's not it's not it's not a standard thing for them to be to for the moon no. sprites to go to Earth. No. no. Okay. Okay.
0: No, and I think the implication is if she hadn't prayed to the moon, she would have stayed on Earth forever.
2: Mm, got it. And then, yeah, that she remembers kind of a last uh, stanza, or what's the what's the song equivalent of a stanza? Verse. Verse. If I hear that you pine for me, I will return to you. If you are truly waiting for me, I will come straight back. And. It, that's kind of I mean that, it's, that's interesting because it's it's kind of the reverse of what's happening that um, it's not the moon isn't pining for her it's, um, she kind of she pines for the moon in, at least at least momentarily yeah but I don't know if we should re- read too much into
0: that it's um, what we do it's literary criticism you gotta read too much into it oh right um, sorry yeah, I, I definitely think that, like, like because that's the thing, is that she briefly wants to return to the moon, and then realizes, like, ah, shit, the moon sucks.
2: Oh, so this is this is basically song from the perspective of the moon. If I hear that you, Kaguya, pine for me, I will return yeah.
0: to you. Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah,
2: and so she goes back to her hometown. So, so yeah, so at some point there's been an, another time skip. Um,
0: I, don't so, a, I don't think there necessarily was a time skip.
2: Well, so... Um, so when she leaves, bumps it, like, when she first, um, sets the task to her suitors, then from there until when they return with their fake gifts, that's, that's three years.
0: Yeah. And then, but but then she reveals she originally came to the moon, came from the moon, and then the moon will reclaim her, and then she goes to her hometown.
2: And then she goes to her hometown and, and sees, uh, Satomaru, and he... Is in his twenties.
0: Yeah, right? I don't think he doesn't look that much older than he was uh, the last he, time. The last time she saw him,
2: no, he,
0: he looks. I thought he looked quite a bit older, and
2: and he we had been told, to- and we had been told by the the charcoal man that they were gone for
0: ten years. Yeah, but also so, when the moon thing it says she, he'll she, the moon will reclaim you at the next full moon. So the time skip can't possibly be more than a month. No,
2: I know, I know, but in
0: like, there it must have happened like. Before the emperor right, grabs her,
2: right? Right? Ta- ta- there must be much more time passing there than 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 we realized.
0: Uh, yeah, when she falls into the depression, there might mu- there might be some more time. Pa- I don't think I don't yeah. think he ages by as much as you think he ages. I don't. Know.
2: I, when I noticed, I didn't re- recognize him at first. He seemed because because he's married and he's got a
0: kid. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So yeah. Um, so she she. But we also don't see anything of his life. The last time we, the last time he saw, we she saw him. We just see him stealing a chicken. He looks short and goofy, though. I don't think so. He still looks like a baby boy. He, at no point in the show does he look like a baby boy.
2: Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, but anyway, while while Dad is, is fortifying the the mansion to defend against the moon, <laughs> uh, she convinces her mom to take her back to the village and does she convince her mom to take her back to her village I thought she went back by herself no mom and cat face and take her um
0: so let's see what, yeah
2: um oh yeah right
0: they go in the carriage and then she leaves the carriage
2: yeah and then she leaves the carriage and uh she walks through the the farm which is and then she sees uh Mario again and then, she's like, "I was," out. and he was. He's kind of at first. He's kind of like, "You fucked off and left us behind." And she's like, "I wanted to come back the entire time. I, I, I was only ever happy with you." And then, uh, it's. He's like, "Well, well, let's let's run away together then." And she's like, "I can't, I can't," and then. The moon is after me. The moon is after me, and then then, um, he says something along the lines of uh, protecting her from anything with the power of love. And then, um, and
0: then it's like the end of ET, and they fly through the trees. Yeah, and
2: then she she says she calls out to heaven and earth, um, like as opposed to the moon, and and you think that she's kind of gonna make a new bargain in effect and tether herself to earth rather than uh yeah
0: to the moon and in this sequence there the flying sequence is actually there's some some 3d that actually looks pretty good oh yeah i didn't
2: yeah i hardly i hardly noticed
0: yeah um but it's another dream no it's not another dream well satsumaru wakes up satsumaru wakes up thinking it was a dream but it was not actually a dream okay
2: i thought this was like the snow dream and then,
0: yeah, so, so, so they,
2: they fly, like Icarus, too close to the moon. And then it, it gets its claws in her and, and, and tears, tears her from Satmaru. Yeah, and
0: then she yeah, falls he, yeah. into the sea. And then he wakes
2: up thinking he had a dream. And then, oh, he's, then he remembers that he's got a wife and a kid. Um, and she returns again. Yeah. to the city
0: Yeah, and then there's uh, there's a final battle with the with the uh, the moon.
2: <laughs> if you go a battle. Deal.
0: Yeah, the uh, moon shows up. They show they shoot arrows at the moon, and the moon just like nod, nah, bruh. Um, and turns and into flowers. Turn but cat up.
2: face, cat face with her weapon is the greatest thing. Ever oh my god, my it's the
0: best frame in the entire movie. Uh, yeah, she's just holding is- this like pole arm, and she's just she, she's got a little cat face on. Oh, it's good. <laughs> I know she's just crouched in front of the main door
2: with her, with her little uh, headband, and pole arm, and cat face.
0: Uh, it's so good. Um, yes. So then the moon shows up, and and the princess tries not to go, but she is pulled by an inexplicable force onto like the, the like platform of cloud yeah. that, the, that the people from the moon are using to get down to to her. And then she she begs for just one more moment because they're gonna put the moon cloak on her, which is gonna make her forget everything. Um, and she runs back to her parents, inexplicably, because her parents have been her- horrible to her this whole time, and just, like, suddenly, just now, she's realized that she kind of, that she likes them for no reason. Well, uh, I, I mean, I don't know if it's, it, it's not just her parents, it's, it's her whole
2: earthly existence. Yeah, as, yeah.
0: as, uh, as represented by the, the people who have treated her the worst the entire time. I mean,
2: yeah, yes, fair.
0: Yeah, it uh, it seems like a, a strange way to represent Earth, as opposed to Catface Girl, who's perfect and did nothing wrong, right? Uh,
2: and and who's the one who actually kind of wakes everyone up with, with her with her song, like she she and the the neighborhood kids, yeah. Um, everyone everyone has been put to sleep by the moon, and then but except for Catface and the, and yeah. the children, and they they just go singing their song. And wake everyone up Yeah. and her parents
0: represent sort of nothing besides just like other people using her for their material gain right. which is just like I'm not particular. I wouldn't be particularly attached to that if I were, if I were Princess Gaguya, you know, like I understand why she likes Earth because her time as a child on Earth was pretty good but like her parents are solely responsible for her time on Earth becoming so miserable that she had to request to be taken back to the moon
1: Right, right. You know, yeah.
0: um, which is why I read this movie as very bleak, because it's like, man, like this movie does not think that there is like that there is there is like that there is any like joy in living. <laughs> like this, this movie thinks that being alive is miserable, uh, and and that you're trapped in an endless cycle of like, like patriarchal violence and capitalism and just like a gross just, like, disgusting materialist exploitation, uh, forever. And then, and then Moon Buddha comes down and takes you up to the moon with him.
2: Yeah, it, yeah, I definitely did not expect
0: it to end as it did. Yeah, it's her real fucking bleak. Like,
2: we, I thought she was gonna, like, return to the moon and then kind of, uh, like, fail to, like... Fail to forget everything and then come back at some point, but yeah, she, um, there she does. She does kind of doesn't. It does seem like she remembers some things because yeah, uh, the the palette slowly goes get goes desaturated and everything goes gray as she forgets. But then when she's nearing the moon, color comes back for a moment and she turns back and looks at Earth and starts crying again. Yeah, uh, and then and then it fades out again. So that's a, that was another reason why I thought maybe that um, like she might return again because it it, it it gave the impression to me at least that she still had some memories like the other woman. Yeah. And that and that alongside the the baby in the moon, which is the last kind of the last shot of the film that that this would be this was only one lifetime in her yeah. in her cycle One shitty,
0: a... miserable lifetime.
2: <laughs> of her attempts to like find happiness on Earth.
0: Yeah. One just shitty, awful time where you're miserable and then you die. <laughs> God, God, what a bleak movie. I just, I I was, I was so, I was taken off, so off guard by how intensely bleak this movie is. Just because of, like, how cheery the style is and how cheery, like, the poster is and stuff yeah. like that. Like, I was, expect, and how, and, like, it's a, it's a Ghibli movie. Like, I knew, and I, then, like, and the beginning
2: third or so, you know, too. But I
0: guess, I mean, also, this dude made Grave of the Fireflies, which is the saddest movie on Earth. Uh, right. I so, forgot, I forgot that. <laughs> you know, uh... Right, we discussed
2: that last time, and I was I was saying that I I have not yet um, built up the reserves of of emotional bandwidth to to watch that movie.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh it's bleak, it's bleak out there. Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: yeah, there was there was one. um, You you mentioned you mentioned that at the very end, like when the moon is, when the moon people are like oh. turn to the purity of the city of the moon, leave behind this world's sorrow and uncleanliness. And she's like, this world isn't filthy. It's like, um, like it's, it's, it's real or whatever. Yeah. Like when they, and they were talking about like the, like purity uh, that reminded me of, of the, the courtship when they were talking about her, her purity. And in that, in, in that, context it was all they were all like comparing their kind of idea of her with all these imaginary kind of unreal impossible things and so you were you got mad about how about preferring preferring like a world with shit to like a world without it essentially but I think it here it might the idea might be more that like life yeah. on the moon doesn't actually exist like it's just as unreal as the the gifts that yeah. they promised her uh, and that it's yeah. not i definitely don't
0: think that life on the moon is the correct choice or that this movie thinks that, uh or uh, like <laughs> yeah. I, I i because i definitely think that it is but like this movie does a pretty shit job of arguing for uh like how good life is on earth when its idea of what life <laughs> is on earth is that you're you're born and then you're miserable and then you die which, like isn't which like uh, is an accurate picture of what it's like to live on earth. Um,
2: you get a few years of happiness in childhood, and then everyone fucks you over,
0: yeah, yeah, it's like, well, and like, and like the idea that like, well, that's that's the best option. <laughs> like Jesus Christ,
2: well, I don't know if it is the best option because I mean that's that's
0: um... because, like they're singing that song at the end where they're talking about like grow like grow up, bear fruit, and die. The, oh, like what they say uh, over and uh, over uh, again and um, it's just like, oh
2: But yeah, that's what I was thinking about like but with like her when she was dreaming of snow and, and when I when I interpreted her flight with um Satsumaru as a dream when I thought it was a dream I was, that's I was thinking that these are like dreams or memories of a better kind of Lifetime, and so
0: that both why of I, her dreams suck. Well, not the flying with Satomaru.
1: Yeah,
2: it, 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 it nice.
0: doesn't suck up until the point when it's all ripped out from under her and she falls into the sea. Well, that's because
2: that—that's when they're waking up.
0: If I mean, they, like,
2: if if that was a dream and not an actual thing that sets mario
0: for yeah because like a... and, and like the interaction that she has with satomaru before they start flying uh definitely it's a reminder that like it doesn't have to be like this exactly um you know it's it's very much it's a movie that has opinions about how things ought to be and it's also opinion in a movie that doesn't think that it will ever be different than it is see that's you know? yeah
2: that's what that's what i would i would i mean i'd like to think that that well, maybe it's just optimistic that my yeah. my kind of my eternal sunshine reading l- leaves open the possibility that it could it sometimes actually has been better than it than this. But like I, like I said at the beginning, yeah, I'm not sure how uh, how much that that reading how much that reading
0: stands up. Yeah, it just not really offer any path out of, of the sort of miserable place that it's found itself in. You know, yeah, womp Should. womp. So I think I think we've done this film justice.
2: That went faster than I thought. Um, I took I took many more notes than I usually do.
0: I took almost no notes. Uh, mm. Yeah, I was there. Oh, one weird thing that I was I was just looking at the, the Wikipedia article for the tale of the bamboo cutter, which is the folk tale that this movie's based on. And yeah. in the legacy section, the only <laughs> the only thing in the legacy section for this for this on the Wikipedia article for this is. The Tale of the Bamboo Cutter has been identified as proto-science fiction. Some of its science fiction plot elements include Kaguya Hime being a princess from the moon who is sent to Earth for safety during a celestial war, an extraterrestrial being raised by a human on Earth, and her being taken back from the moon by, a re- by her real extraterrestrial family. A manuscript <laughs> illustration also depicts a round flying machine that resembles a flying saucer. Hell yeah. Uh, which is not- none of that shit happens in the movie. Um, we, need a, we, need a, we need another-
2: uh, another movie version of
0: this. Yeah. Space opera version. Wait, okay, hold, hold the fucking phone. The two. The two things in the See Also section. I didn't notice this before. The two things in the See Also section here are The Tale of the Princess Kaguya and Big Bird in Japan. Holy shit. What? <laughs> Big Bird in Japan is a 1989 television special by the Children's Television Workshop that aired on PBS January 16th, 1989. It's a sequel to Big Bird in China, which is also based on the popular television series Sesame Street. It talks about where Big Big Bird and Barkley visit some Japanese guests, count to three in Japanese, and teach Japanese words. Oh, here, down in the plot section.
2: uh, Attending an elementary school on the day he, Barkley, and their mysterious helper are supposed to leave the Shinkansen for Kyoto. Big Bird is treated to the tale of the bamboo cutter as acted out by some of the students. One of the highlights of the special, citation needed, Big Bird and the viewing audience learns the story of Kaguya Hime, a young girl found in a shining bamboo stump who later reveals herself as a magical princess to her adopted family. She must then return to the moon and leave her adopted family behind. And because of that, they realize they almost get, they're almost late to the train.
0: Oh no! I'm also curious oh, about Big Bird in China. <laughs> Seriously, um, Big Bird in China. Okay. Cha- they chat. They chat with you, China, to find Feng Hong, the Phoenix Bird.
2: Oh my!
0: It starts <laughs> in New York City. Chi- the cover, the, 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 the video cassette cover of Big Bird in China is really good because it's just Alex. Qua. Oh, did you you muted your mic, and I thought you had just disappeared from Earth. <gasps> like
2: Kaguya-Hime. Like,
0: I thought you had, I thought you had, uh, I thought the moon had come to take you back. Uh,
2: yeeted myself to the moon.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the cover, the video cassette cover of Big Bird in China is just Big Bird wearing a tie for some reason, and then Barkley, and and then this, like, little Chinese girl Standing on the Great Wall of China in like a huge red background with a pit, and there was that picture in the middle, and then it says "Big Bird in China."
2: Wait, who the hell is Barkley? He's the he's the dog.
0: Oh
2: god, I have I, I hadn't I haven't I watched Sesame Street like up until I was like three years old or something, so I don't remember jack shit about it. Um. Well, it turns out that my book recommendation is is even more apropos now. All right. Uh,
0: yeah. So, what is your what book are you are you going to recommend?
2: So I'm going to recommend uh, the corner that held them by Sylvia Townsend Warner. It's 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 a very strange book. So it it took me a while to finish because it, it's it moves very slowly. It's. Essentially, like a fictional chronicle of about fifty years of this uh, of this nunnery in fourteenth-century England d- during and after the Black
0: Plague. And okay.
2: More so it's bear- the
0: nunnery version of the name of the Rose, maybe. We oh we oh we were, yeah we
2: were talking about this when I when I brought it up and you and you're. I think you, that's when you brought up The Name of the Rose and how you have no leg like, to stand on about, about um, liking boring things.
0: Yeah. The Name of the Rose is a very very boring book and I love it so so much. <laughs> Please read it if so, you love boring trash.
2: Well I love it.
0: I mean I think we have
2: different boring trash tastes. You would probably
0: like The Name of the Rose. Alright.
2: Right. Well well, maybe but this is my, this is my soapbox right now so all shut right. up. <laughs> that's also not my recommendation um so so the interesting thing is that there's like kind of there's like a prologue almost that ha- that in uh like the 12th century when this like steps like semi-noble i guess uh catches his wife cheating on him uh and kills kills the ma- kills the man and then basically tries and fails to kill his wife um but he, he can't go through can't go through with it and invents all sorts of rationalizations why he's still a man after um, not not punishing her for in, uh, infidelity and then when he dies he has some sort of or when she dies he has some sort of weird crisis of faith and and uh, founds founds a monastery in her name and that's that's where it takes place and um, it kind of jumps ahead 200 years to the the twilight of the monastery and which begins during the Black Plague and then it its it, it slow decline uh, over the next 50 years or so. And it's essentially just kind of a number of small stories about different characters in this monastery the the priest is this kind of wanderer who's not actually a priest who he heads to the monastery to try and get a, a meal and then their real priest has run off because of the black plague and one of the nuns looks out the window and says don't like don't come in this the plague is is here and he's like oh i'm a, I'm a priest i can give last rites to to, the, to your to your dying um just kind of without really thinking of it and then he spends the the next 50 years like believing firmly that he's damned to hell but to kind of without enough uh, kind of motivation or momentum to actually do anything about it so he just gets stuck kind of pretending to be a priest for the rest of his life and then all the nuns and their kind of little petty jealousies and competitions with each other and so it's it's a very like strange story about the the these kind of unremarkable people trying to trying to find some sort of meaning in in their in their unremarkable little lives and it's very kind of quiet and and strange and maybe i just liked it because i i like tales about kind of early england but it's the thing i've read this month that i kind of still think about most and and the the <laughs> the the bleak representation of life makes it kind of fitting to be this podcast's recommendation.
0: <laughs> All right. So, what 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 was the title?
2: Title and author. Uh, the corner that held them by Sylvia Townsend Warner. It was published in the twenties or the thirties.
0: So it's kind of a mid mid century. Nineteen forty-eight. Um, okay. Never mind. It's still mid-century.
2: It's
0: even more mid-century than the 30s. Alright, I don't... I briefly became very paranoid that I had recommended my book before, but I haven't. I don't think so. The Name of the Rose by Umberto Eco? No, it is not The Name of the Rose by Umberto Eco. Stop me if I have, and I'll pick a different one. Uh, So I'm going to recommend basically the exact opposite of your book. My book is a historical book, but it is not... It is extremely recent history. Um, And it is... Uh, You described yours as being kind of slow. I wouldn't use any other word to describe this book. Uh, It is The Ballad of the Whiskey Robber by Julian Rubenstein. You have Um, not recommended this. I have not recommended this. So The Ballad of the Whiskey Robber is... I don't talk about it enough considering it's one of my favorite books. Um, I adore this book. Uh, So it is... So you can get a a sense of what it is from the subtitle which is a true story of bank Heist, ice hockey transylvanian pelt smuggling moonlighting detectives and broken hearts I
1: like
0: um, it. so it is about a guy so it is a it is it is a historical novel in the sense that it is about um it's it it is written in the style of a novel but concerns entirely true events mm-hmm. um and so it is about this guy named Attila Ambrus who was born in Transylvania uh sort of in near near the end of the Soviet Union, like in the early eighties, um, is, is he a vampire? Is he a vampire? He, he's not a vampire. No, it's way weirder than that. Uh... Um, and Transylvania is the sort of like ethnically Hungarian part of Romania. Uh, mm-hmm. Like there are a lot of of uh, and under uh, Ceausescu, uh, ethnic Hungarians were not treated super nice. Uh, so he decides to leave Romania. Uh, and go to Hungary, and so he sneaks out of Romania, which he's not supposed to do, super illegal, um, and makes it to Budapest at a re- right around the time that the Berlin Wall comes down. Um, gotcha. So basically, the, like the, the the Soviet Union collapses like a month or so after he gets there. So he goes from arriving and basically having like a pretty stable, if not exactly prosperous, job and housing granted to him by the the communist government of Hungary to just having that completely pulled out from under him immediately. Um, uh. And so he does a bunch of stuff in order to make ends meet. He goes back to Transylvania to smuggle pelts into Hungary. Um, uh-huh. And he joins the local Hungarian hockey team uh, as a goalie and is quite possibly the worst hockey goalie in the history of the sport. Uh, <laughs> uh, and But he's having trouble making ends meet, and so he decides to start robbing post offices. Um, and he because the country is just such a complete disaster in the early nineties uh in like the shuffle, and everybody is super mad at the new liberal government that's coming in because it's all just the same dudes who used to run everything uh under the so- under the the Soviet government, except now instead of being like the minister of electricity, you're now the the owner of the electricity company uh, um right. Um, and it's just all the same dudes. It's just n- now run less, less fairly, and everybody has, is losing their jobs, and everybody's losing their housing, and everybody's broke, and it's miserable. Um, and so the, the, he manages to do this for quite a while, and, and like, Esk basically becomes increasingly daring with his post office robberies, and eventually starts, uh, starts robbing banks as well, because he is hot on his tail. And by hot on his tail, I mean not hot on his tail at all, is the, uh, chief of police. Uh, of Budapest at the time, who learned everything that he knows about police work from watching dubbed episodes of Columbo, um, <laughs> um, and his his deputy, who is his nickname is Mound of Asshead, <laughs> and uh, his forensic expert, who is known as Dance Instructor because he, on the side, teaches ballet, uh, and so you have this ludicrously incompetent police force after this equally ludicrously incompetent bank robber and hockey goalie, um, who is just, just, and I won't, it, it is the kind of story that is so ludicrous that you couldn't possibly have made it up. Uh, it could only have actually happened. Um, and this dude, like, this is in the 90s, this dude is still alive and got out of, and, and got out of prison recently. Oh, that's uh, like like in like 2008. I think he got out of prison, um, and like he's still around. <laughs> um, and and so the, in addition to being just an absolutely fucking hilarious, um, like series of heist stories and like vi- just strange vignettes in the life of this inexplicable man, it is also a really just like neat and and just like. Window into what it was like to live in a former Soviet country at around the time that the wall came down, and yeah. it sort of will sh- if you. And I can't imagine that anybody who listens to this podcast still holds on to the idea that the Soviet Union collapsing was like largely good for the people who lived in it. Um, right. But uh, it will destroy that uh, that that idea if you still hold on to it even a little bit, because it basically paints the picture of just like. You know, we weren't, like, super stoked with the Soviet government, but this is way worse. Um, which is sort of the the overall vibe uh, that, you, that you get from this book. So, yeah, so if you're at all interested in that, I would recommend this book. Or if you just like to smile and have a good time, I would recommend this book. Um, because it, it sort of escalates from there and eventually, like... He becomes this sort of like national hero in Hungary for just robbing from the government at a time when everybody hates the government, um, and it, it's great. It's a really, really good book. Strongly recommended. That is the Ballad of the Whiskey Robber by Julian Rubinstein. Nice. Um, so how does how does this tie into the? It town, doesn't not at all.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if only she had had done a bit more robbery. Yeah. <laughs> when, in um, a sense, she was robbing the rich and giving to the poor by having them spend all their money on, <laughs> on tilting at windmills to try and win her hand.
0: Yeah. Uh, there we go. That's the connection. Yeah, sure. It's about how ri- both books are about how rich people are terrible, and you should. Damn. That. Damn. Uh, we need more of those. Yeah. <laughs> have you heard? Of, have you heard of a little book called Das Kapital? <laughs> Uh, it's an extremely riveting critique of political economy. I'll tell you that oh, oh, uh, I'll, I'll put on my Goodreads to read list. Yes. So next month, uh, last, last time I, it was my turn to pick, we watched Night a Short Walk on Girl, which is a collaboration between a novelist Tomihiko Marimi and animation director Masaki Uh and so we're going to watch another collaboration between those two with uh, the tatami Galaxy. Which is a an eleven episode series based on Marini's novel of the same name. Um, I don't know a ton about this uh, this show, but I'm excited about it given how Buck Wild, Night is Short, Walk on Girl was. Uh, I'm I'm excited to at the very least to at the very least see something weird, Hell if yeah. not if, if if not strictly speaking good. <laughs> um, yeah, and also this was produced. To Tommy Galaxy was produced by Madhouse, uh, who are awesome. Ah. Um And whereas Night, of, Night of Short, rock Shirokano Girl was produced by Science Sario, uh, okay. but yeah, Madhouse are great, um, uh,
2: except for when they exploit their workers.
0: Yeah, that does suck. <laughs> uh, but Madhouse does a lot of a lot of really fucking great anime. Uh oh, did, yeah. a lot of a lot of really great work with. Uh... They, uh, oh they, my god.
2: Place- They did place further than the universe.
0: They did place further than the universe. They did... Fuck, fuck, fuck. What's his name? Why is (laughs) that?
2: Wow! (laughs) Fuck, fuck, fuck. The anime.
0: No. No. I... Uh. For some reason, I'm trying to think... I'm trying to to think of the the name of uh, the director of uh, Millennium Actress, and the only name that's coming to my mind is Junji Ito, who did not direct Millennium (laughs) Actress.
2: No. No, he didn't.
0: Um... And I'm going to hate myself because he's, like, my favorite animation director. Mm-hmm. Satoshi Kon! There's this name. Yay! God, my brain, just completely, my brain just completely gave out on me and turned into mush. Uh, so, yeah. So, we're gonna, so, yeah. So, that's next month. We're going to be watching the Tatami Galaxy, directed by Masaki Yuasa. I produced by Madhouse. Um, and that'll be... And this is, this is uh, the last episode of this year of Animes for Jerks.
2: Holy shit, we Next we episode it.
0: will be in 2020. We've done 12 we... episodes. How? Right? Um, <laughs> yeah, we've done 12 episodes of this show. We've received one email. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it's, it's been fun, I've, been, I've, I've enjoyed doing this podcast. It's no, gotten no. me to watch stuff that I wouldn't otherwise. Same, same. Um, it's, been, it's been a good time. And it has, it has. A I'm sorry trip. it's over. Yeah, <laughs> it has gotten. It's perfectly smoothed out all of the curves and edges in my brain, and my brain is just a perfectly smooth sphere now, um, so that I can think about anime correctly. Um, oh God, I would
2: wish that on my worst enemy.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, but we've we both been cursed with it. You didn't wish it on your worst enemy. You wished it on you. Wished it on your friend, me.
2: Keep your enemies... Keep your... Wait. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Keep your friends smooth and your enemies smoother. (laughs) (laughs) Or something.
0: Yeah, keep your friends close and do a podcast with your enemies.
2: All right. Well, send me emails to my Twitter, uh, dun dun dun, or my uh, Mastodon, Catalina at selfie.army. Selfie with a Y. Where can we find you? You can the find me on Twitter. Board of at, the internet.
0: You can find me on Twitter at prophet underscore goddess. You can find me on Mastodon at Prophet underscore goddess at skeleton.cool. Uh you can buy my video games at profitgoddess at itch No underscore. No uh, underscore.
2: No underscore.
0: Uh, no underscore. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Animators for Jerks. You can find the show on Mastodon Animators for Jerks at skeleton.cool. You can find the show uh, you can find the sh- You can email us about your comments about this movie, anything we've watched, just fucking random questions about what constitutes a sandwich. Please don't ask us that. We will not We will not read it on the show if you ask us what, 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 whether something's a sandwich. We will Please instead don't come ask your-
2: for the sandwiches.
0: Yeah, I will come to your house and shit on your lawn. But anything else, feel free to email us at animasforjerks at gmail.com, uh, and we will probably read it on... The show, even if it's not really relevant, because well, we'll just star- make fun of it. Yeah, we'll start. We're starved for content, uh, and we stopped reading those. Uh, my anime list reviews because Alex hated it. Uh, I did. Uh, I cried so a lot. We need. So we need more. We need more content to make fun of. It's true. It's
2: true. We need more things to get mad online about.
0: Yeah, how can we call ourselves leftists if we're not always mad online?
2: I am mad online. I was. I was talked about my recent. Sp- uh, mad and nude episode on my stream earlier today oh, you, you are can mad find my nude? stream at twitch.tv slash miss underscore input where mostly I stream Tetris and complain about uh, narrative design
0: why were you mad and nude online
2: oh yeah, well maybe catch the rerun of the stream on maybe my twitch.tv channel
0: right. tell me tell me why you were mad and nude online there's such good content
2: it would, it would be, no, it would be a whole thing and off time to get into it right now.
0: Alright, fine. Maybe next uh, episode. Alright, well, but thanks everybody drinks. for listening. Good night. Good night, and good luck. <laughs>